And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's a Big Hulk. Uh, soup man, guys, I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, Tar Heels last night, they got me fired up. You know I'm about assist turnover ratio. We had a great one last night. I'm not sure if it's the best of the season, but I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I'm ready to sleep. Basketball is booming. And if you're a Carolina fan, this is your week, guys. I mean, this is what we're here for. Everything, all obstacles out of the way. Just laser focus on going down to Durham and just kicking the doors in that place and walking out of there with a bunch of kids that just been that are literally right this second as we record this 8:55 a.m. first time in history episode 65 you were here we're recording this thing before noon uh really before we had a drink in us I think anyway um and and by the way yeah that means before noon because we don't yeah um dude they're in their tents right now trying to get in the game um I cannot wait dude and 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 it, it hadn't been pretty the whole way. Um, it wasn't pretty last night. We're, we're sitting here recording this thing first thing after uh, overtime winning at Syracuse. It was pretty against NC State, unless you're an NC State fan. We're going to get into both of those games. But, guys, this is it, man. This is what basically we were put on earth to do is beat Duke in this game. And I think we can do it. What about you, Big Hawk? I've seen crazier things happen and I will say right now I'm fired up. It's Duke week. Um, and what we just saw the past two games and how we've gotten our rhythm, how we have built the chemistry. It seems like we're on the same page. Guys are having better body language. You heard last night, uh, coach Davis talking in his press conference, this team is together as it's ever been. And they're encouraging each other. Huddles are great. There's no reason why we can't go into Cameron and win. Listen, they have all the expectations. They have all the the high-profile players. It's Kay's last game. They have a lot of noise coming in there, a lot of distractions. It's easy to get sidetracked, and we've seen that before. My freshman year, we rolled in there. Uh, Sheldon Williams, JJ's uh, senior night, you know, they were top three team in the country, and uh, there's a lot going on. Smacked them, handed them an L. And the way this team is playing right now and the way they came into the Smith Center, uh, I don't think any Tar Heel fan, player, uh, anyone associated with the university felt good after that game. And so you've got to hold on to that feeling when you prepare and you got to be ready in practice. And we could go over there and hand K an L in this final game there. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, man. I – I here's my thing, and we're gonna get deep, deep in the weeds on this, guys. Um, but watching last night, we'll talk about who we think the keys are and all that sort of stuff. But l- watching last night, um, I thought Syracuse. It's interesting watching Syracuse because they're you, you, like before every game, you know, we look at the spread and we try to predict mm-hmm. the score, which is like you know trying to catch a, you know. Marlin with your bare hands, right? It's just not possible. <laughs> well, especially, especially this year. I mean, yeah. this and team, I mean, this team, we could show up and get blasted by 30. Oh, we show totally. up and win by 20. Well, what and, surprised uh, me so much was like, 
you sent it over. So Tyler always sends me the pics because believe it, anytime you're following us on Instagram and you see a black screen with some text on it, that's our social media vice president, uh, big Hawk. And anytime you see whatever our clown graphics that we have, uh, otherwise, which aren't that good, but that's your, uh, I guess the chief chief graphics officer sleep dog. Um, but so Tyler, here's our process. Tyler will send me his pick. He'll send me the spread and he'll send me the over under. And when I saw the over-under was 157, I was like, what? Because, you know, uh, Syracuse always plays that zone, and the game is always a snoozer. So, like, mm-hmm. that's – I was like, I'm not even really – maybe it's a typo. And I was busy, and so I was like, dude, just give us 72-55 Carolina. I thought we'd win handily, which we didn't. Um, but, <laughs> dude, these guys were like, I don't know. Syracuse is just shooting, shooting, you know, the lights out. That one kid, it scored two points when they played Duke a week mm-hmm. ago. Dude scores 36, about set the record for Dean Dome opponent, uh, in this one. So my point is, you know, we played, we played fine and we'll pick that apart, but they showed a stat in the second half while we were behind and things weren't looking great that we had essentially a very low percentage win percentage when Caleb Love scores, or no, they showed it in our wins and they showed it in our losses. And in our wins, Caleb was, who was not having a good night shooting, by the way, Mm -hmm. at the time they showed this graphic. And in our wins, he's like high field goal percentage and 16 a game. And in our losses is a very low field goal percentage and like 11 a game. And at this point, he was definitely falling in that lower portion and we didn't have a ton of time left. Then he just gets hot, dude, and just starts. I mean, he's taking shots. The ones where I'm like yelling at the TV, like, dude, what are you bang? All right, never mind. Good shot. You know, and um, and, and to me, as we go into Saturday, there is, I mean, Baycott, and we're going to talk about how good he is. There is no, like the, the buck stops with Caleb Love. If and, and I think why I'm so excited is because he got hot at the end of the night, and I bet. It's one of those games where he was like, dude, I'm fine if this game keeps going because I found my rhythm now, right? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a shooter. And it shows because he was burying shots from deep, yeah. right? I mean, these things weren't, weren't banking in. Like, state, they weren't rolling. Dude, these things were zeroed in. And if he can carry that and get hot early, hit a couple shots early, because I think that's what the deal is with Caleb, I think we are going to give Duke – real problems because to your point all the pressures on them there is no pressure whatsoever on us especially after that last game yeah and i think caleb last year he went to duke and had a great game Mm -hmm. um and you know caleb has been a touch streaky this year and i think some of the reasons that uh you know i mean you would expect a stat like that i mean it's not jaw dropping uh to have probably one of your key players who plays a majority of minutes, um, you know, our odds of winning are better when his field when goal he plays well. Yeah. Yeah. When he plays well. But the point is here, sleep is what I really like about, especially last night is I, I would say during the Duke game, I don't think really Caleb really got going and, yeah. you know, you could kind of tell sometimes this team, I'll, I'll, you know, has a history of at some points, it looks like it's a no show when they yeah. play their lack of effort and, and enthusiasm kind of drops when they're not scoring or they're not, you know, making baskets. And then last night you see Caleb who doesn't start the game well. And then all of a sudden at the end, you're like, yeah, he's got it going. That shows growth. And that shows that a player is evolving. 
and he's finding ways to get involved in the game and not just totally rely on scoring points to be effective. And, you know, still having the confidence to shoot after you've missed a lot of shots, that's a big deal in basketball. And the one thing I like to see is uh, Caleb didn't give up. He didn't give in and he kept fighting and probably um, was our most influential player down the stretch and had a big impact and probably got us a dub. But I mean, that is key. And I agree with you, Sleep. I think Caleb is a, a huge piece. And that's not a secret to anybody that scouts us or watches us play. I always, I'm always hesitant to say, okay, this player needs to get it going because yeah. you got to lose yourself in the game. You got to let the game come to you. You can't force the game. Now, there's a few great players that could force the game. I mean, Kobe Bryant could force the game, Carmelo could force the game. What I mean by that, just give them the ball and let them score. They'll find it out. Yeah. And there's no one, there's no one in college basketball that talented. Uh, so I would like to see this team. I think if we can get some easy baskets, run the court, get transitions, get some easy layups. And I think if we get Armando going off some duck ends, uh, I think getting Mark Williams in foul trouble early and going to Armando would be huge. I think the impact that their big man has is huge and it's underrated. I think he's, you know, him and Leakey, you can make a hell of a case for either one being defensive player of the year, but I think he alters more shots and has a big impact on the game than what most people realize. The casual fan may just watching the game doesn't realize how important he is. Uh, I think uh, the Moore kid is extremely important for Duke. Uh, I think he can come in and have a huge impact. You know, the key to this game is we've got to be the best at what we do. And we just got to come out there. We can't get discouraged when they make a run. We can't get discouraged when it gets a hostile environment and things don't go our way. We got to maintain course. That's what I liked about our game last night. And I see this team growing. You know, when it comes down to these rivalries, I mean, I don't care how much talent you have on one side and the other side. It always, historically, a lot of times it comes down to, you know, a couple possessions in the last few minutes of the game. That's why you got to stay positive and you got to maintain uh, your game plan and do what you do and get easy baskets. And, you know, a few possessions could end up just deciding this whole game. Yeah. And, and the reason I go to, um, to, to kind of uh, you know, follow up on that, um, there is this whole thing about Kay's last game, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of outside. I'm not a conspiracy theorist here. I'm going to actually segue this into the state game and then maybe come back to Duke after that when, you know, when, when it's appropriate, but I, I have to get this out there. There is a lot of other money involved in this game, right? In terms of, mm -hmm. um, you know, ESPN and the storyline and like, I mean, riding off into the sunset after this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. So this is a question I thought of this morning while I was grabbing coffee. And I, I mean, this is look, I want to be clear to the people listening because I'm about to go in on NC State for bitching about the referees. That's not what I'm trying to do here because everybody bitches about the referees. There's a threshold to which is acceptable. And then once you cross it, it's like, guys, you're getting your ass kicked. Right. Um, I think that. Armando is obviously our most important player. And the reason I think the focus is, is, you know, is there's so much burden that, that Caleb and really RJ, I think Caleb in particular is going to have to carry is because dude, Baycott's going to get called for a foul for traveling to the game. Um, I think he's going to, I think that's what I'm worried about is like early. If he gets in foul trouble, we're going to have to panic. 
Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, we only got, we're not deep, right? We got, a, we got our five and Baycott is our irreplaceable piece there. So my yeah. question is this, because I'm trying to think about this from a true player perspective. And mm-hmm. I already think I know the answer that you're going to give me, but I, I, I got to hear it from you. Cause I can't really get over it. If you're Hubert Davis before that game, is there any part of you that gets out in front of potential um, disagreement, I'll say, with the way the game is being called? Any small part of you. Like you're going through, you're hyping these guys up, and at some point do you say, guys, listen, we got to play against eight tonight. You need to have that mentality. You can't let a bad call get in your head and drive you down. Yeah. I mean, do you address that at all, or do you do you step back? Because as fans, we're all going to, the first time, you know, there's a questionable call. We're going to freak out and this, that, yeah. and the other. And I'm wondering as a player, because I mean, as a player, you get frustrated sometimes too, you know, does, does, do, do they address that? Or is that something that you're like, nah, man, just, you, we're focused on the game and we're going to go out and play the game. I'm just genuinely curious about how to handle that. Well, players should be smart enough uh, by now to realize you're not going to get a call on Cameron. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way it is. I, you look back at when I played you know, there was a game in Cameron where I didn't shoot a free throw. And to think that yeah. as much as a team went to me down low and as physical as I was and how much attention defensively I drew to think that I didn't get a foul shot, you have to wonder, like, well, you know, what was – I mean, you know, the, the the refs are letting the players play to a degree, but at what point does it cross the line into yeah. uh, non-basketball? Um, basketball is meant to be physical. Basketball is meant to be tough. But there are guidelines that, you know, are set in stone that that is a foul. I don't care if you're playing at Cameron. I don't care if you're playing at Popper Bluff High School, you know, gymnasium. That's a foul. That's a game. That's the way the game was. Is that thing named after you yet, by the way? Uh, it's a Hansboro court. Uh, that a boy. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's actually really. Croatan High School is not Sleep Dog Stadium yet. Uh, I'm working on yeah. it. Anyway, I mean, no, no. <clears throat> you get me. That is, we'll do that on another pod. You guys will love that story, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love where I'm from, but um, that is something you get ahead of as a coach, especially with this. And I will say with the emotions involved in the Duke UNC game, that is something you go into the locker room and you say, listen, nothing will ruin this game. I don't care if they have nine refs out there calling the whistle against us. We stay within our team. We stay within ourselves. Okay. And we go out there and we play the best basketball that we can possibly play. And if we win, so be it. If we lose, so be it. But there you go. we're not going to blame the refs for anything uh, that's not going to go our way. And we shouldn't expect the whistle. And I'll be honest, yeah. you know, if, you know, and if people say this doesn't really have a big deal, I always tell, sometimes I tell freshmen coming in that complain about a call or something like that. I was like, why would anybody give you a call? Who are you? Who are you right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Nobody like you got to drop your your high school uh, ego ranking yeah. or whatever. Like you're start from from zero. You haven't earned the right to get the benefit of the doubt uh, right now. So in a lot of ways, this team shouldn't expect to get a call, and they should go out there and play. And there, listen, this is going to be an emotional game uh, going into Cameron and the rivalry and a young kid and every the impact of this game and what you see and how it's hyped up. Uh, there's going to be it's going to be a lot, especially especially with Kay's last game. I mean, this is going to be a huge, huge deal. And there's going to be, I don't know what they're doing for Coach K. And listen, we say on Sleep Hawk, we, we respect Kay. But I mean, at some point, 
I mean, this is like this is like something off of Larry David, where the guy has a funeral while they're still alive, <laughs> yeah. just so he can Great hear everybody too. Just just so he can hear everybody tell him how good he is. Yeah. And the point is, like, <laughs> hey, nobody has a funeral while they're alive, and everyone comes uh, and talks and tells uh, a person how great of a person they are, but. How good would it be if they were alive and they can listen to that? That's people a great say that? man. If you don't watch Kirby so, Enthusiasm, like, just Google it. It's hilarious. Guy has a funeral while he says the best interpretation I've heard to date of this whole Coach K situation. Guy has a funeral so he's because st- he's still alive and wants to hear all the good things that people say about him. Um, let's come back to K in a second because I, I want to get more into that. But the, the referee conversation drives me to a natural segue. We had a great game against Syracuse, I think. And, uh, you know, we, we won't run out of time if we try to cover the whole season. I was actually um, – I had great seats for the state game. So I saw the whole thing start to finish. And, boy, the state fans did not like seeing Sleep Dog hop up in there and sit courtside. Um, I wasn't allowed to wear Carolina stuff. And that was the the pretense of the ticket. And, I, you know, you got to ask yourself, like, my I really had to – it's like, well, do I even want to go then, right? But, I'm like, nah, I still want to, you know, support my team. And doesn't I don't have to have a, you know – I don't have to wear my Jordan jersey. They're going to find out I'm a Tar Heel fan about the time ball goes up, right? So they did. And, you know, we kicked their ass. I mean, just literally mm-hmm. beat their teeth in the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. The literal first possession that we had ball where Mondo got fouled, it was literally one of those fouls where, like, everybody – it's, like, almost one where the guy that grabs him, like, sticks his finger up and be like, yeah, that was me. And that's when it started. I'm sitting – student section is right behind me. I guess it's everywhere. The kids sit everywhere in there. Because they got plenty of seats available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and talk about shit about us. I mean, dude, we could have brought our whole. Um, we could have had a family reunion in that place. And everybody could have sat together. Um, they, I mean, they just go in on it. Yeah. And no whole damn game. I mean, people are yelling at the refs about calls that are like unbiasedly inarguable. There is no stance about the fact that certain calls were. There was one call I saw where like they, they called a charge on. Uh, or a block on Caleb after he took about nine steps to the basket. And of course they lost it and that was justifiable, but like the refs are literally like talking to the people on the side, you know, beside us and to the students and all this stuff. And it was kind of comical. Um, but we were kind of talking about that game. I mean, that is the, the point there is that state fans are just atrocious, man. Like guys get over it, man. Like your team is getting at a certain point, you're getting your ass beat, dude. I'm sorry. Like you don't lose. They were losing at one point by like 35. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because the, and you look up at the scoreboard and we had eight free throws and they had seven or eight fouls and they had seven. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude. Um, but point was, you know, Keats was in on it too. Yeah, And it's like, he's out there bitching at the refs. I'm like, bro, you need to like look down at what your team is doing on defense, which is, uh-uh. I mean, Baycott was dude, just like, literally just, it was like boring. He had like 40 and 40 or some shit. I mean, he was going nuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, it just, you, I, I remember you had tell, told me before, and I've been to many state games, but I never had a seat that was essentially that proximity to the court. And it's an, a, it's a totally different world down there on the floor just listening to what oh, yeah. these people are yelling at you, man. And and they got, there was some stuff. I'm not going to go uh, anywhere. I, I shouldn't go on it. There were, but there were some, some comments that were unfurled that they were walking up to the line of being, um, you know, unacceptable. And yeah. it was just, it was really an embarrassment. I thought all around their team was embarrassing, but their fans were even worse. Yeah. Well, sleep, this isn't anything new to me. And I've said this publicly is, you know, state does tiptoe that line of, 
what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I think you see this a lot in the NBA is where now, you know, you just can't go to the game and say whatever you want. Yeah. In the past, you could go to the game and you could just ride a player the whole way. Now there's there's some things that are, you can say, and I think fans should get on players, you know, like saying, hey, you suck, you know, doing something funny or – but when it comes to, you know, hateful comments and things like that that are getting close, you know, I, like I said, um, when uh, Jawan Howard smacked the hell out of a Wisconsin coach, like, hey, your words, like, you just don't throw words around yeah. and not expect to be accountable. Like, you know, you say certain things to players, you catch the wrong player, all right, you're going to – yeah, you get some emotions of all with that. And you could see – I can see why players overreact. I mean, think about yeah. how emotional State was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting blasted in their, you know, home arena, and they have, like uh, – they're, you know, they're honoring a team that they had a team back, a bunch of alum, and they're playing a rival. Think about if some UNC fan crossed the line with somebody said something about a family member yeah. or something like that. I see why athletes get so upset and they go, yep. I mean, and, and why, you know, the NBA and other leagues are trying to say, hey, you can't do, you can't cross the line like that. We're going to start, you know, holding fans accountable to, to a degree. Um, but, you know, this whole Keats thing, and I looked it up to see if, you know, they're going to fire their coach and what the rumblings are. But anytime you have a headline that says, no, Keats is not going to be fired uh, from the schools like PAC Insider, uh, it's not a good look. And, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think. First leading indicator think, that he might get fired is when they say he's not getting fired. Yeah, I don't think that's not a good look. But listen, I mean, what we saw last time, you know, in, in PNC is, you know, that's a desperate team. And yeah. they're about doing – you can see when teams are, you know, they're trying everything and everyone's morale is kind of down. Uh, you know, they're doing desperate things. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, say what, I don't like state, never have. You know, there's <laughs> there's good people went to state. Man, there, I tell you, dude, honestly, I was, I was sitting next to a guy and, I mean, he was like miserable because they're just – and he was cool as shit, man. Like, yeah, he jabbed yeah. me a little bit. Like, I mean, but it was fine. And then their team. Their team was hustling its ass off, man. Like, yeah. I mean, they had a couple kids out there that were super athletic, that were good players. Um, they just don't have it, man. It's like it's kind of like Carolina most years in football, right? Like, yeah, you just don't have it, and it sucks, man. And it's it's you, you get sick of seeing them lose, but like at the end of the day, there's three hundred some teams out there, yeah. and ain't but a handful of them gonna be blue chip in a given year. And sure. um, you know, I just. I don't know what I don't follow state enough to know whether Keats is the guy or not the guy. Um, at the end of the day, though, you got to like look at production and, um, you know, I don't ever expect them to just perennially challenge Duke and Carolina in the ACC. You see sort of this revolving door of sort of third and fourth teams like Florida State. You got Virginia, like, you know, some of these other teams. Like, I think Wake has done all right this year, right? Like you, you see some teams kind of come up and, you know, build a team over a couple of years and contend a little bit and, and, and state's just, just not there. And I don't know how they get there, but all I know is that one dude literally in the alumni team, uh, whatever the hell his name was, was like 40 feet tall, dude. I mean, I sat literally right behind David Thompson and he was sitting next to whatever that guy's name was. I can't remember. Um, and I'm telling you, man, that dude, I've never seen somebody that looked eight feet tall uh that dude looked enormous tom gugliata nah it wasn't gugliata he's one of of the few that i know okay his name he's on the 74 championship team you go ahead on your thoughts and i'll tell you who he is 
Uh, I'm not sure, but we can get back to Coach K too. Yeah, sleep. Listen, uh, one time I was I was playing overseas, and there was a coach that I don't that I couldn't stand. For some reason, a lot of times, you know, I, I hear these points from people who I don't like, and he said the losing game in sport is very important. And he wasn't just talking about basketball. Yeah. He was talking about how you handle losing and how you react to that is super important. I don't think, you know, there there is a degree where, you, you know, handling the officials and the way you talk to them, that's an art itself. Yeah. Like being able to talk to the refs and have the refs be receptive of you is, uh, is an art. Mm-hmm. And knowing when to pick your place and how to talk to them is uh, – you know, it's something that a good coach possesses and to be able to work the refs, you know, you you hear it all the time, work the refs, like you tiptoe that line. But to me, I watch the game and it comes a point where it's almost embarrassing. And, you know, especially at a school where you have, you know, you're supposed to be an example when you start pushing the blame on somebody else, that is a very bad look and being accountable and learning how to, you know, take your losses and learn from those instead of push blame. That's super important because they're the last team. I think they're in last place in ACC. And so, I mean, at some point you just got to say, Hey, it's internal. We're not blaming the refs, but you know, you got to work, you got to work the refs as part of the game too. Before we talk about the master at working the refs, uh, it's Tommy Burleson. Dude, seven foot two. In 1974, when they win the championship, David Thompson is probably top five college basketball player of all time. I remember when I was in middle school, that dude was like, I don't know, at, at least my age. And he came to my middle school and snatched a dollar off the top of the backboard. They say that guy was a bad motherfucker when he played. And there's not a ton of highlights out there. Um, we were walking in right as he was getting there. Mm-hmm. And the group of guys I don't think really knew. I was like, dude, I'm telling you, man, hey, there's one state guy that everybody knows he is, and that's him. Yeah. 44. That dude could I agree. Fly. Yeah, I mean, um, he almost got Jordan to go to state. Yeah. Jordan said he was a huge fan of David Thompson. Yeah, that guy was sick. 26 and 8 he averaged in 1974. And your boy Tommy Burleson, just for being tall. Dude, their team back then? I'm looking at the roster. Dude, Tom, this Tommy Burleson guy was 7 foot 2. And imagine this 1974, dude. That's like 9 foot 2. Dude, it's- 18 and 12. They had a 6'11 guy and a 6'10 guy that didn't even play, but holy shit, man. They were big for back then. Dude, the ACC back in the day is, like, historic. Like, you talk about – think about having, like, a powerhouse. Duke in, you know, Carolina, and then you have NC State. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so State – Sorry, hate it for you guys. Actually, I really love it for you, but you just ain't that good, so so get over it. Another guy works the refs like like no other, whether you want to say it or not. Um, Coach K, last game, coming back to it, man. Here's my thing. And we were starting to get into this before. I've kind of talked about the game. Now let's talk about Coach K. I'm going to get it right out there, get right ahead of it. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Anybody that, did, that denies that is just fucking delirious. I mean, there's just no arguing with, with the production. My stance is that at times Coach K, like you look at Roy. He is a guy that I think was able to do more with less on many occasions. You look at the 17 team that won the championship and the mm-hmm. preceding team that went to the championship. Nobody was was putting those guys out there. You look at like a lot of your teams, you know, when mm-hmm. your freshman year, you know, nobody thought every that was after the exodus, man. Nobody thought you guys were going to be that good. Um mm-hmm. 
what'd you go to the lead eight or hell maybe in the final four or something and then no like, our freshman year we lost to george mason and i think maybe uh mason 30 32 okay i remember losing to mason i thought it yeah. was deep i didn't shoot a free throw that game either they went they went to uh maybe the final the four final four okay um four to one there you go so but my thing is is k has done less with more on many occasions and i think no one talks about um how good a talent he's had at times and 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 not managed to get anything out of it yeah sleep hang on to this i have to piss pablo cut this pablo i can't all right, he's, I'll he's be a right pisser, back. man. Oh, you take your time, buddy. Actually, Pablo, right we back. might just leave this here because I'm going to go in while, you, while Tyler. You, you go. You got to do your thing. Yeah, man. do a rant. I'll be back. In Don't 20, tinkle, 30, monster. 40. This guy, every time he comes to the pod, right? We're doing this remote, okay, people? We're doing this remote every time. You can set your watch by it. Tyler usually comes to my apartment where into the nest here where we uh, record the podcast, right? Dude walks in. The, I've literally started just lifting the toilet seat up for him. He comes in and he tells me as if I don't already know, hey, sorry, man, I got to take a piss. Goes in there and just like, he's like, I mean, dude's massive. He just sounds like pouring a bucket of water out in there. It's like, dude, have you peed all day? Right? Like, I don't know what this guy drinks, but it's it's a lot of water. Anyway, Coach K, dude, God, I hate the guy, right? Um, But I mean, think about it. You lose to Mercer. You lose to uh, who the hell else was it? Lehigh. Uh, you had Zion, and you didn't do anything. They they pride themselves on winning the damn ACC tournament. Nobody really cares about it anymore. Um, I'm trying to see here, like where they are. I mean, they're they're always in like the top ten of the AP. But how many times? You know, when is the last time they won a championship? Right. Like, I just think that K is is a good coach. He's a great coach. But he's got like players every year, just just turning them out. And I get that you can't win every year. I mean, the guy's got a great win percentage and all these sorts of things when he plays, you know, the school of the, uh, you know, Croatan High School for the first twenty games. The, the whole thing about him winning eleven hundred games or twelve hundred games, whatever, just really pisses me off because you're playing fifty games a year now. Like they're trying to hang that over Dean, and it's like, well, Dean Dean won eight hundred seventy nine games and he played like. 20 a year and to get in an NCAA tournament to keep playing, you had to win your conference and there wasn't a tournament to do that in. So like some of these stats that they give him all this, they loud him for are just kind of like a product of the time, like mass production of bullshit basketball games. I'm not taking anything away from coach K, but I'm also not just here to anoint him as like the Jesus of college basketball, because I just think that some of that shit's overblown. Tyler's back and he's on mute. He's really raring to go here. There all right, guys, I'm back. Is. Feel much better. Relief. Leave that in, Pablo. Uh, I think that was good. You know, just hey, <laughs> all right. I listen to uh, what's his name, um, McAfee. He had some dude on there the other day, knocked the table over. Brock Lesnar knocked the table over, threw the headphones in, and I was like, well, we would have edited that out, but if he doesn't, we don't need to. Um, so, so back to K, um, guys. I mean, if if you don't think K is an all time coach, uh, you're a huge Carolina fan, or you just hate Duke. Uh, yeah, or you're oblivious. He is an all-time coach, and I've got a lot of respect for Kay. And the big reason is because this rivalry wouldn't be as important as it is if he wouldn't have built Duke to the program that it's become. Uh, he has built a powerhouse to sit back and enjoy these rivalries like we have. Uh, I think it's a great thing. Um, but uh, he deserves all the credit he gets. And I know we hate on him a lot. And sleep, I can just tell you're just – you're just disgusted uh, with the way I'm, um, I'm getting this out. But 
I will say, I will say this. I'm not in for the uh, the love fest that's going on, and he's an all time coach, and I, I don't know where I'm getting at. But well, here's one thing I counted up, and listen, like I'm gonna rant on the guy, but I'm also gonna respect the guy, and you know I do respect him a great deal. Um, twenty one times, twenty one times, Duke has been number one in the AP poll. And that's 21 times since 1986. So that's a long damn time ago, but it's 21 times in like 35 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's pretty fucking impressive. And there's a lot of twos, threes, and fours in there uh, as well. So, I mean, they're there all the time, you know, but sleep. I I figured out what I was going to say. The cupcake schedule. I yeah. mean, it, it, they played Gonzaga to begin with. Gonzaga is the number one team in the country. Uh, beat them in Vegas. But it does seem like they don't play many road games before conference. Um, they play a lot of neutral site games. And, you know, let's just say this. I mean, Duke travels. I mean, yeah. to, to think that uh, New York is a neutral site for Duke is comical. And I would say – so. My theory is why I don't take Gonzaga seriously. And they've been to two national championships and tricked both of them off. Thank God, because we they gave us one. We actually we we took it. And I have a hard time giving Gonzaga credit because of the schedule that they play regular season. Now I would have a hard time giving them a number one overall and a one seed because if I think they played in a significant conference, ACC, SEC, they'd have more losses. But that I, I agree with you. Their their schedule hasn't been the toughest to begin the season, and I've never been a fan of playing cupcake schedules. I mean, line them up and play them, but uh, they have gotten away with that. And we have some stats. We'll probably put it up on Sleepwalk, but they have they began the season with not many road games. Oh yeah, we talked about it earlier in the year. We 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 sat down, and granted, there was a couple I think maybe that they had had scheduled that got canceled. But literally, they like didn't play a road game in <laughs> like I don't think until twenty twenty two. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, and and listen, we're pissed about that because you know I guess they're number four in the country right now. Maybe right? Good. I mean, listen, nobody liked the fucking four corners either. And I think there were probably plenty of people that were like, man, that's a bullshit way to win a game. So listen, if you're within the confines of the rules, ain't nothing we can do but bitch about it. But we reserve our right to bitch about it, just like anybody did back then when when the genius, the real greatest coach of all time, you know, invented four corners. Um, you know, that's my thing is really like, dude, uh, you, look, when you're when you're trying to find something wrong with K, right, like from a, a, a like like a solid ground to stand on standpoint. You gotta you gotta reach a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. there's a reason why you know you you can point to his recruiting advantage from you know being the the Olympics coach and all that sort of stuff. Point is, is this guy's always moving. He's 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 respected and and really adored by a lot of players in the NBA now. And here's the thing, um, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I don't think kids revere Jordan the same way anymore to, to, to these younger kids. Like Jordan is a, is a shoe brand, right? Yeah. They didn't grow up like we did watching this guy just savagely beat people. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't think there's that close connection. I mean, now people, 
care about LeBron and Kobe and Zion and some of these other younger players more, I think. Right. And so the real interesting part to me of this whole thing is the transition from Shashevsky to Shire. Um, Cause I, dude, it blows my mind how, how John Shire is going to be the next coach of, of Duke. And, and that's, I mean, I don't like Shire as a player. I'm sure he's a fine guy. I doubt it, but that's interesting to me is like of all the guys you can get, you must really think this guy's something because um, I mean, Duke could literally just hire a coach off of Craigslist ad. They would have so many applications for, from top people. It, it's amazing. So um, I hope they suck under him, dude. That would be great. But um, oh, I will say this sleep um, to think that Kay's going to ride out into the sunset, not be involved with Duke basketball at some point. Uh, is a little far-fetched yeah. and I think the reason that they he was pulling for Shire and really had a big influence on him uh, is because Kay wanted to stay at some capacity and, and have he knew that he could have a big influence on Shire which isn't a bad thing and that's what he wanted uh, I think it would be tough to have a coach who, who has like let's just say they brought in Drew from Baylor who won the tournament last year and He's, he's done an amazing job at Baylor and is qualified uh, to now to have one of these big time, you know, Kentucky, Duke, wherever basketball, you know, college basketball opportunities. If they were to bring him, him in, I don't think somebody like him would be too receptive of having Kay's influence from a background. And I think that would be hard to coach um, under, but I think that's the reason maybe they went with Shire, but you know, time will tell whether Shire is going to be a good coach or not. He's definitely a young coach, and if he is a good coach, he's going to be there a long time. So, yeah, um, I think I there's a huge. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of the same argument we were making about. I mean, about Wes Miller. He would have. I think a lot of people would have been really happy having him. And, um, you know, I think I, I still contend that you know at some point if if things don't work out with Hubert, which to be very clear, we love and, and hope they do. But if they don't, you know, um, one of the advantages UNC has is I would be, I would imagine that Wes would be open to coming at any time in the future, or maybe somebody else pops up who knows, but um, yeah, I, I, it is a fascinating choice. I'm kind of going back here and looking at Duke won the title in 15. Then they had a sweet 16. Then they had that loss in second round. Before they won the title, they lost in the first round. Two years before that, they lost in the first round. 07-08, they lost in the second round. 06-07, they lost in the first round. Um, then they had like a big run of, I don't know, I see a bunch of highlighted stuff on here on Wikipedia. Then you go all the way back to, um, you know, that, that mid-90s to mid-2000s was really their sweet spot. And but you go all the way back to like 97, 96, 97. I mean, first they've had Shashevsky's lost in the first or second round of the tournament. One, two, some keeps coming up, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. So for all I just said about how many times they've been number one at some point in that season, he's only missed a damn thing once since 1984. <laughs> but uh and he missed it in – well, the tournament was canceled in, in 20. I mean, sleep. I mean, this guy is – he's brought a lot of talent, and I hate the way we shape this. But, um, you know, just thinking of players that have played under K, um, you know, first person that pops to mind, obviously Leitner is a great one. Um, but then you talk about uh, Grant Hill. Yeah. Uh, you talk about Shane Battier. J.J. Uh-huh. 
they've had great players, man. I just think I, I stand by that. And, and after looking at that, that table, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find a comparable table for, for UNC and it's not just readily available. So it, it could very well be that I'm just bitching about it. All I'm saying is Kay has gone out early in the tournament many, many times when he has had the pedigree and the expectation to go deep into the tournament. And at the end of the day, that's all that fucking matters in college basketball. The ACC tournament doesn't matter unless you need it to get in. And if you need it to get in, your team ain't that good anyway. Yeah. Right. So um, that's that's all I'm saying is like like I, I said about five, six minutes ago, you got a very few places to find solid ground to talk shit about Mike Krzyzewski from an unbiased position. Right. Um, and it's probably impossible for a UNC fan. The guy's a great coach. But if you're going to chip away at something, I'm chipping away at the fact that dude's getting bounced by Mercer and Lehigh in the damn biggest stage there is. I uh, don't see that happen very often with the heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, lose some games we shouldn't lose, but not when it matters. And I'm hanging my hat on that shit. So do your farewell tour. Spell everything that should start with a K, uh, C with a K or some dumb shit like that. They're already promoting the fucking curtain call on ESPN after this. Dude, I want to see some tears flowing in Cameron Indoor. I want to see people cry on TV. I want to see grown men cry because we went in there and kicked the living shit out of the Duke Blue Devils while everybody, the most watched basketball game in the history of college basketball, I want to win. So, Tar Heels, if you're listening to this, man, go kick their ass, please. I'm pulling for you. Big Hawk's pulling for you. And that's all I'm going to say about it, dude. It's, it's, I'm on my coffee this morning, dude. Um Dude, I love the God, I don't want to kill him. right now. You're like a thoroughbred on on race day, and I love it. Um, you've got more caffeine flowing through you than a Kentucky Derby racehorse. And, uh, Bob you, Baffert's horse. You're on one. I can't but, even run them anymore. They're so jacked up. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, uh, I love where you're at, sleep. Okay, and if I'm if I'm in the locker room at UNC. Okay, what I have to do is calm the emotions down and look at it from a tactical standpoint of what we need to do to win. Okay, I, I sit down there. If I'm Hubert Davis, I say, guys, we need to like look around the locker room. This is us. Okay, these are the only voices that matter in, in here. Okay, and what we can do, what we can accomplish in Cameron could be big. Okay, not only for this year, but also from a standpoint that what it does for us, it builds our tournament resume, gets us a better seed. And I'm not sure where we are in the ACC standings, but it would drastically help us in third. Third, well, it would give us a hell of a quad win one. If we win, we are a quad win one, and we are half a game out of first place. This is what blows my mind. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, and listen, to think we're a bubble is a, is a, is a joke. Laughable. Um, and uh, – yeah, you know, I'm sick of the quad point two fives wins, whatever. How about this? If the team looks good, they win. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what Gonzaga's quad win record is, but I'll tell you this: they're not playing yeah, any gives a shit. quad one wins in in their conference, but they'll probably get a uh, a number one seed. And the ranking quality wins has gotten more analytical than. Uh, chemistry math department and I'm not I'm not a fan of all these hey let's throw this equation well this well this team is a quad 2.5 but maybe later there'll be a quad one or they're actually a quad 0.5 they're they're better than you know at that how long quad yeah so sleep uh tactical standpoint we got to stay within ourselves okay we can't get too emotional 
And what we got to do is we got to find a way to get easy baskets, build chemistry, not force shots, stay out of foul trouble, keep Armando engaged and figure a game plan out how to not get their, their players going off. We can't have Griffin running around like he's Ray Allen in his prime. Okay. We've got to guard guys, know their keys and stay within ourselves to win this game. And it is possible. We've got to believe too, you know, and you got to stay within that locker room. A big deal is believing and uh, knowing that you can go over there and win. And when you get a little down, okay, stay the course. Okay. Keep chipping back because it's going to come down to close possessions. And uh, I don't want to go over there and get uh, massacred again like we did in the Smith Center. So we stay within ourselves. We play our basketball. We play it to the best of our ability. I think we have a shot to win. 6 p.m. Saturday. It's going to be 75 degrees and sunny in the area. I'm bringing an umbrella because Caleb Love is going to make it fucking rain. I can feel Mm -hmm. it, dude. He might go for 30. Baycott is just going to embarrass everybody down low. We're coming out for revenge. We're coming out for blood. We're coming out to just ruin 30 years, 40, however many years this dude's been coaching. Like We're trying to spoil it all. So there's a huge, Mm -hmm. huge, huge implications of this game. And if these guys can't get hyped for this one, which they can and they're going to, mm-hmm. buddy, I'm ready for it. I wish this shit – I would, like, square up with them right now. I would go to do yep. – we should go to – we should have gone and done this from the tent city out there at uh, old Hansboro Indoor Stadium. But uh, we can't afford the tickets. Probably they charge us money to just even get there at this point. The tickets are, like, 30 grand. Um, that's out of Sleep Dog's budget. So, anyway, man, just going to be electric. I can't wait. Um I'm going to need this. I'm going to need to probably watch this in the confines of a, of a safe space with a padded jacket on because I might channel. I've gotten, as I've gotten older, dude, I can watch these games with a little less passion, right? I can sort of like just, you know, take what comes. Uh, this one ain't going to be like that, man. I might have to channel by, um, you know, college days, dude. You used to, you know, you live and die by these things, man. Some people still do, even in, even at our age. But, dude, one thing's for sure. This will be the one they talk about forever, and that's the chance for this team that has, you know, um, been I think relatively pedestrian in the pantheon of of Carolina teams. This is a chance for these kids to make their mark. And if I'm Hubert Davis, I'm telling him in the locker room, this is your chance to become immortal at a place where it's really hard to do. Um, and I hope these kids understand the opportunity that they have with this one game. Um, and We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, sleep. So you don't have to be better basketball team. What you have to do is play better basketball for 40 minutes and win the game, period. Um, they're talented. They have a lot of talent, and it's going to be emotional. We just got to go out there and uh, stay within ourselves and play basketball, period. Guys, we, we got to end on that one, man. We're, we're, we're riding high. We got a lot of stuff coming in. Guys, we're going to – if you're – if you're not following us on social media, you need to start. We already know if you listen to the pod, we partnered with Jimmy's Famous Seafood. We got some really cool stuff coming out that we're going to tell you about really soon. I know we keep talking about it. And we keep talking about it at the end, and we probably should talk about it at the beginning so that they, they feel like they're getting their money's worth out of this thing. But it's it's uh, give us a follow. Give them a follow. We got some really cool promotions coming out, uh, you know, uh, coming soon. We'll have the details of that in a week or so about, uh, you know, having to do with March Madness and supporting some veterans and some really cool stuff we're working on. We know that they are cheering uh, for the Tar Heels and uh, you should cheer for them and you should cheer for us. So like our podcast, subscribe to our podcast, follow along. We'll give you all the details. Follow Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Follow Tyler. You can follow me if you want. Um, and let's 
follow up this podcast with a fucking resounding dub in Durham. Uh, we're going to have more to say on this throughout the week, and we'll bring it to you. Anything else, Big Hawk? few more things. few more things. Even better. few more. Just a few more. Dude. First of all, hundred more. Jimmy's seafood. Jimmy's meal prep. I I do I, you Dude. know I do meal prep. I'm looking into it, guys. Phenomenal. If you're on like some type of meal plan, you're trying to eat nutritious. They can provide you with the meal prep. Uh, if you're into fitness, they'll do it. Or if you're just crazy work schedule and you need some meals, pop them in your good point uh, fridge and you can heat them up. It's not just seafood. No, That's the one thing. It's not just and, seafood. And I've had the beef pasta tips and rice. The chicken. The pasta. Yeah. The chicken, dude. I mean, I'm telling you, man, the food is fucking good. It's not just seafood. So if you don't like seafood, yeah. don't turn our podcast off. Uh, go to their website, jimmysfamousseafood.com. But one mandatory, you you got to get the crab cakes, So dude, I'm yeah. telling you, even if you Holy don't like shit. crab cakes, if you do like crab cakes, guys, get them and get them for somebody, too, that likes crab cakes. Hell of a gift. Uh, but I will say sleep. I'm putting my boots on for Saturday. I'm putting my rain boots on and I'm ready. I'm ready for action. I don't want to say safe, safe place. I want to express myself freely, give it or take it positive or negative. I'm coming at you. And for the love of God, stay safe, stay safe. Allen front court to the right sideline. Now he's going to drive caught on the baseline, turns it over. Kenny Williams with the steal, gets it to Barry. Duke not fouling, gets it to Johnson, to Pinson for the highlight. They're going to do it. Barry throws the ball skyward. And how about them Tar Heels? 82-78, sending Duke back to Durham. Here comes Carolina Lina, here comes Carolina Lina. We hail from NCU. We got the team to win it, we got the spirit in it. We win.